A quick shout out to our sponsor, theboardsource.com, premium quality used surfboards. This is a place I go to to buy and sell my boards, theboardsource.com. They update their website daily, theboardsource.com. Check it out. Our culture is graced with a melange of surfer archetypes and a litany of categories to fit these surfers into. Competitive aces, big wave legends, groms on the rise, postmodern free surf ideologues, longboard stylists, longboarding shortboarders, shortboarding longboarders, angry local walrus dude, happy local walrus dude. And the list goes on, and many surfers that overlap into these various boxes. And before this interview, I probably couldn't have picked Dylan Longbottom out of a lineup. Dylan Longbottom is one of those surfers who I've heard his name hundreds of times. I've seen the hideous and inspiring waves he successfully negotiated. I can definitely put him into the big wave charger, hell man, slab rider category. But I'd like to know more. We'd like to know more. His father was a surfboard builder in the Cronulla area. He was a stunt double for the remake of Point Break. And he was an early adopter at Chopu, the end of the road, pre-internet. And he shapes boards for a living, Dylan Surfboards. The Boardroom Podcast with Dylan Longbottom. Let us begin. So, Dylan, you were telling me your dad um, in the 70s, he was the GNS guy in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. He was the glasser for Gordon and Smith Australia yeah. and a part owner yeah. um, for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. From the where, where was that? In, in what? Cronulla. Cronulla. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cronulla. And it was huge back then in Australia. Yeah. And that's when PT was riding for him. MR would shape for him. Right. Simon Wayne, all the crew wow. were there. I thought you were from New South Wales or the Gold Coast. That is. Well, yeah. I'm, so I was born in Cronulla. Okay. And yeah. That's where my dad's from. And, okay. and then they used to run the world tour. Right. Him and his best mate, Graham Cassidy. Oh, were wow. from Cronulla. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, they pretty much started the world tour. Oh, and, yeah. And then, sure. and um, PT was living with, moved to Cronulla from the Gold Coast. And he was living with my uncle. He was sponsored by Gordon Smith. Oh. And they were all Cronulla crew. Oh, wow. So I was born into that era. So with Jim Banks. <laughs> Banksy was there. Yeah. Now you're Banks. near. You're with near and Banksy I, now, right? Yeah, I, I share the factory. Work with Banksy oh, cool. in Bali. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I hang out, and he's he's classic. Yeah, so Banksy was there, and Oki was there too. Oki was the grom working in the shop. Yeah, at Gordon Smith. That's where he started, and he was sponsored by him. Yeah, in that same era, he was from Cronulla. I remember rolling into Jim's surf shop in Cronulla in like yeah. '88 or something weird. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, okay. So you're from Cronulla. You grew up in Cronulla, obviously, right? But yeah. Then I moved when I was like seven, and we went to the south coast. We went south, so more to the country. Oh. Cronulla was the southern side of Sydney, right. the city. And um, we moved south. We moved like an hour and a half, two hours south, to the country where it's called the south coast. Yeah. And just full of amazing waves and reefs and beaches and beautiful country. Yeah. Yeah. And just wide open. Wide open. A little open. bit sharky, maybe. Oh, they say, but we've never seen any. You yeah. know, they're out there, but we've never yeah. seen. And especially, well, like um, in my later years when I started really hunting these um, slabs mm. out to sea, there, mm. that's where it's sharky. Yeah, yeah. But still, the fishermen told us there, but 
I didn't see it. So. <laughs> <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind, yeah. We don't want to be thinking of them. <laughs> Do you think that you got some of your, um, you know, sort of this um, appetite for slabby, ledgy waves and when you moved south and you started to hunt or not hunt, but you started to yes. grow because you sort of grew up as a teenager in these southern waves. Right? That's right. I grew up as a teenager. Um, like obviously, when we when we were young, we, we lived in squash courts and um, we played soccer and we played lots of sports. But we always surfed because Dad was a surfer and made surfboards. But um, as a teenager, we'd just explore this coastline and we'd start from the the, the first reefs when we we're like twelve, thirteen, and then we would go to another reef, another. And as we got older, yeah, I got this thirst for slabs and i was just trying to ha- work out how to get in them because nobody was really riding in them back then yeah and then i ended up just surfing a lot by myself yeah and um and then were you making boards that maybe had more volume up in the front so you could not i wasn't was shaping then at that yeah. time i was sponsored by nev right i am and um what year was this like 91 or something oh yeah this is like 90s yeah, yes. so you really flip nose, slipper nose, neck They were narrow, yeah. and yeah, it was through that whole era, so yeah. the boards didn't help <laughs> <laughs> at all. They were thin. Yeah, so right. I started shaping in 1999, yeah. um, and uh, and that's when I really, because I was surfing these waves, but I had to make boards to suit, and nobody was really doing it. Hmm. So I was surfing it, and then at the time, I, I was traveling a lot. Um, I got sponsored by Billabong. I've been with them 25 years now. Hmm. And I was luckily enough, I only done one year at WQS and then they put me, I was lucky enough to be photogenic and good for the videos. Yeah. And I traveled a lot with Oki and Margo with mm-hmm. a free service mm-hmm. and Munga Barry and Luke Egan, like them guys. And, mm-hmm. and Rasta was young, younger than me and then he ended up coming. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'd just go and find slabs and I was going to Tahiti every year to Chopu. I was uh-huh. going there like three times a year for every swell yeah. and to Indo. So, and that was kind of my triangle, was mm-hmm. Indo, Tahiti, Australia. Where, did you surf in that QS event? And I want to say it was like '97 or '98 when it was right before Cho. It was the one that Kobe yes, and Conan Hayes. Yes, that's right. No, was that like '98 or something? Yeah, right? it was late '90s. It's really Quatcha. the one that put Chopu on the map exactly. as far as media it just went. Holy crap, you guys! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't in that. No, I wasn't in that. I went there before that. It was a surfing life trip for a magazine Australia, mm. and um, Billabong sent me, and it was with um. Munga Barry and Margo yeah. and Poto and his brother took care of us. Okay. And they took us to the end of the road. Yeah. We had no idea. And this was probably like 90, 96. Mm. And we got it sheet glass, like six to eight foot, this bending slab. And uh, we, were, we were like, oh, what is this thing? Yeah. And I was like, but they didn't call it Chopu then. It was known as end of the road. Yeah. And then that comp happened a couple of years later. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You were sort of uh, – pioneering at least from the australian standpoint i know the yeah. tahitians were on it forever but the tahitians were yeah. and then i was lucky enough to create this relationship with poto at manoa drillet mm-hmm. and i end up and then because billabong ended up sponsoring him and i was going there so i he become kind of my toe partner and i'd go stay with him and he'd come stay with me in australia Perfect. and and i was i was his toe partner for like 10 years and i just and, and we're, we're like we'll serve, we'll tell on it a lot of days by ourselves. Yeah. It's not like it what is now. No. And paddle days, it was like pumping. There'd be no one out. Like no one wanted to get hurt. Yeah. And we were just like, we were surfing it, just boardies, no vests, towing it with like the thinnest vest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were kind of yeah. um, pioneering it, yeah. Well, let's back up a little bit. Okay. Um, 
your father, you said, as you mentioned, your father worked for GNS forever and was in yeah. the board building industry. And mm. um, did he make you some of your boards as a kid? Yeah, was yeah. Was that all you were? Yeah. What, so what I, was those? I, I, was I that a label? Was that GNS? Was that uh, that was GNS? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I still got them. Um, they were in a museum in Australia, but we, they're in my brother's surf shop now. Mm. And yeah, my first surf was a twenty, mm. and it's the classic retro, super thick, short, single flyer sat fin, and it's got this airbrush. Mine is Gene Simmons, and um, <laughs> my brother's is Ace Frehley from Kiss. Yeah, and mine, and on the front it's a star with Dylan, and on the on the front is Darren, my brother. Mm. And um, they're polished, finished, and they're classic, man. It's the best airbrush you'll ever see in your life. That's cool. It actually looks mine looks like. Gene Simmons with his tongue out, the guitar. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you a picture, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're sitting in my brother's surf shop. Yeah, That's pretty and, cool. And um, so, yeah, we grew up getting all these boards and we were little kids, me and my brother, yeah. um, at the factory, you know, and then there was like pictures of Shark Island on the wall of Banksy yeah. and Oki. Oki was the grommet working in the shop. Yeah. And then all of these, um, all the shapers would come in. It was pretty cool, Gene, yeah, because yeah. they had, and they were all surfer shapers then, like, and that's what I, I – like and I was like, these guys were like heroes to me. I'd be just there, like you know. I, I cleaned the bays as a grom, and and they were just like heroes, you know. Yeah, I for was just sure. like, that's crazy. And and, and how the surf shops were there, and the boards, and it was yeah. cool. We ride yeah. skaties and get food for the guys. And so when you moved to the south, your dad wasn't working for GNS anymore. Yeah, so he still traveled back up to the, um, work. up to Cronulla, but then also there was a. Um, He's a Californian. His name's Mike Davis, mm-hmm. MD, and he had a, um, a factory in Kaima, mm-hmm. and he glassed there for another. Where's Kaima relative to Cronulla? Or it's pretty much two hours south of Cronulla, okay, or um, thirty minutes south of Wollongong, mm-hmm, right? Or, or you know, two hours north of Ulladulla. Yeah. So yeah, and MD was a bit of a figure in town, and, and Dad glassed there. Okay. Yeah, as well as Genius, mm-hmm. he done both. Okay. Yeah. And. Um, is that where you – I know you didn't start shaping for quite a long time after that, but, yeah. I mean, obviously you sort of got mentored even like subconsciously by all these people, just by being a grom around the factory, right? Exactly, yeah, I did. It kind of happened like that. And um, and then, you know, just through life you go through school and then I was – and then I went straight on the, the tour. And um, But I was sponsored by Nev then because I was getting boards from MD and Dad and then I went to skip surfboards in Wollongong and then um, Richo, Terry Richardson, former pro, he picked me up when I got sponsored by Billabong, which was unreal because I really looked up to Richo. He was from our area and um, he was a good mentor for me. Was he he making your boards too? Yeah, he was making it. So, And then that was was like about 95, 96 and that was so cool to work with him. Yeah, and then um, and then it was Nev um for the for the last few years. But then you know I was surfing, but I wasn't quite getting enough to survive. Yeah, and then I my my wife got pregnant. How old were you? I was um at this time I was oh this this going up to I was twenty five or twenty four. Yeah, and um that's when um I done my um bricklaying apprenticeship after school yeah. because. I couldn't survive. But back up a little bit. Did you ever do any of like the the pro juniors or any of the yeah, big, done all the pro juniors, all the big stuff? Yeah, yeah. As a Grahman, those, those are the huge contests. I've done all the pro juniors yeah. and all that, and then went on the QS. I won a lot of local stuff. Yeah. But the pro juniors, I was, I was always up there. I get to the final, semi. I was up there, like, yeah. and then. Uh, but it was my 
free surfing when I was about 19. That's when Billabong just went, we're just going to use And yeah. I loved, you know, I loved taking off on slabs and I loved doing airs. Right. So I was, it was really photogenic. Right. So I got to do okay. all the magazine shit. And this is around 19 or 20 or 21. Yeah, and, yeah. And when so, did you get married? Um, I've been with my my partner now for twenty five years. The oh, same, right. okay. so yeah. Um, she was um, she's sixteen turning seventeen, yeah. and I was uh, twenty turning twenty one. Radical, yeah. Okay, so she's been with me through the whole lot, which has been oh, so poor cool. woman. Poor woman, yeah. Oh, I know she's a legend to put up with me. And what I, yeah, so um, yeah, and then I was yeah you know, I was like doing these free surf trip, but I was bricklaying at home with my mates, which was cool. To survive, um, but then I, I said to my, my missus, I said, "I don't want to do this, you know. I don't. I want to surf, but I'm like, I, I want to shape." Yeah. She's just like, "We'll do it," and and I was like, "Really? Are you cool with that?" And a lot of people went, "No, you gotta, you gotta stay building. You know, you gotta support your wife." And then my, she was pregnant, and I was like, "She's like, nah." So I bought, my, and then because subconsciously I was there in the factories as a kid, and, and that's what I wanted to do. So I. I bought the planer, yeah. went to the local factory and said, look, I bought a blank and I shaped it. Who did you talk to there to kind it was of guide a, you along? Who? Yeah, yeah. It was a local factory down in um, Jeringong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and I said to him, um, can I can I shape it? And they're like, yeah, no worries. And just do this and that. And um, So was there a guy he, there he, that was like, yeah, he's, Dylan, he's, he's, hold, it, like, hold the planer like this? <laughs> like, yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was that? His nickname was Egg. Um, oh, what's his real name? Oh, I'll come back to it. That's good. Yeah, no worries. I'm just wondering, so, like, a, a you must ago. have had some guys that were fundamental to your growth as a craftsman. As a shaper. Yeah. So, yeah, it was him initially because in that first board was one of the best board I ever rode. Yeah. Better than anything I got wow. off of Nev. Yeah. And all, and I couldn't believe it. This board, and, and I knew what I wanted, and then I created it. And then I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then I was cause of it in the air and the first ever air show in Australia I ended up um coming second to Aussie Wright and I was this board I just could do anything on it. Yeah. For our coastline. So I was just like, I wanna keep doing this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The first one was just amazing. I ended up keeping it and snapping it and putting it together and but that um I always related back to that board, you know, the board of the concave and the outlines and Yeah. Yeah. And then so it was him that helped me, and then it was a guy called Ralph Riddell. And then um, it was like this stepping stone over the years, and then um, Insight um, offered me to come shape with them, and they done What cha- year was that? This was about 2000 year, 2001, uh-huh. and that's in Sydney on the northern beaches. Yeah. So my, my, my free surfing career was still taking off, but then my shaping was starting to go with it yeah. because I was getting all the magazines with my logo. And, and so this was like a full-time gig, basically, at Insight. Like, they're like, dude, we need you to Yeah, so I'd go up there um, three days a week, yeah. and they'd done Channel Islands as well, yeah. and Simon Anderson was there. So yeah. there was Simon, the Channel Island shaper, and I, I was the Insight surfboard shaper. Yeah. So, and that was so cool. I'd done that for three years, but it was too, it was too taxing. Um, it was like, had to go right through the city from the country, like a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I had my young child, and it was just too much, but then... I wanted to stay because I was so cool and I, I learned so much of Simon and their crew and that's when the first machine cuts come out. It's called Abro mm-hmm. cutting and they had things on the side and, and I had to plane my boards, make these files and then that's how I learned that part after planing for like maybe 
three years. Yeah. So then I learned this machine with, with Insight and Channel Island. But then at that time, Mercury kept taking off more with Billabong the free surfing. And, and then um, Billabong surfboards, they, Billabong wanted to make surfboards with, with JS. Mm-hmm. So JS called me and offered me contract to come move to the Gold Coast. Yeah. So then my wife was like, oh, she loves the Gold Let's move up. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Because it was too long to drive to Sydney. So I said to guys inside, unfortunately, they've offered me something really good. Sponsored by Billabong. We're going to make Billabong surfboards and you can do your own on the side. Yeah. And then so I ended up with JS for nine years, shaping under him, mm-hmm. which was my biggest influence as a shaper. Yeah. I learned so much. And, and that's when he was really coming big yeah. and he was a leader, you know. And mm-hmm. this was like from maybe 2003 to 2010. Mm-hmm. So I got to base on the Gold Coast right with Billabong. I'd take off lights and I was shaping there every day and I'd be shaping my boards, Billabong boards, his boards. Yeah. And um, we used profiler. We didn't use machines then. Yeah. It was all profilers. And he had um, he had hundreds of templates and we'd route out and it would be block square, but there was still a lot of work in these boards Yeah. Uh, for about – When you say profilers, you mean like rail – like No, so you get a raw blank and it wasn't a machine. Yeah. So you'd have these side um, – profile it you'd have these um, profiles of your bottom curve mm-hmm. and your deck curve and you'd have these routers uh-huh. and you you route up like this train track uh-huh. um, so it was manually just, done just ma- it was basically a, like a man powered machine yes a man powered machine yeah yeah and it's called a profile in australia right. and lots right. of guys were using them and that's what you used before the machines yeah but then the machines started to come out but js boards were going so good with these you know and mine were coming out good but then, um, but then we had to convert, and then the machines come out. They're um, Mickey's APS three thousand. Yep. And then we had to re reinvent ourselves and learn this whole new procedure. So yeah. and that was about two thousand and I reckon about two thousand six. Yeah. And then and then I had to change my shaping again and adapt and, and make files and yeah. trial and error and how's that how's that process? So but like, it was unreal. It was you know I had to really dive in and learn software. And the software I had to learn the software and then see how that come out and then change and make files and yeah. and you know measure everything and, and put that onto the program yeah or everything I liked and took a lot of time and effort yeah but. It was a blessing in disguise because now I get to travel the world, yeah. And um, my my I got all my favorite models and, and files and team rider, and I can travel the world now with my decals and all my hand tools. I just take my surf form and my blocks and planers, little planers and my decals, yeah. Um, and it's allowed us to really um, use what we want to put in our mind um, instead of planning and trial and error and all these hours spent, we can do it on our program yeah. and change things and go, wow, look at this, widen the tail, do this, put more curve, the big guns, do this. And and you could do it without all the cast of blowing blanks and um, stuffing up ones or making good ones. So it was unreal. Like yeah. some people are like offer like old school, but for us it's so handy, you know, and it's really helped us take making surfboards to the next level. Well, look, I think – Every surfboard manufacturer that's that's really in business understands that it's a numbers game, and just to compete, you have to be cutting boards off of a machine. Now, there's a few guys that are like, uh, you know, yeah, 
Oh, for Hand sure. And, and if, you, if you can do, you know, you want to do one or two or five a week, you can do it. You know, don't you yeah. know? And but for us now, you know, we we're doing. You know, if I'm sometimes in Bali, I'm doing like um, fifty to eighty a week. Um, yeah. Sometimes in Australia, I do ten in a day. So um, at night time, I can sit behind the computer and, and play around the designs, what I'm really thinking, and then get it get it close. Yeah. And I don't get it exact, and then when I get in the shaping bay, and then I can do them finer touches, what I like. Yeah. And it makes it – and I'm getting more accurate and uh, more precise. And, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you this. This is actually a good segue. Because I'm, I'm wondering, what do you think surf culture in general is going to look like and say – I don't know how many years, but when the shaper doesn't exist, mm. when we're all riding incredible surfboards, but they're all produced via robotic machines, there yeah. is no more Dylan Longbottom. There's no more Scott calling Dylan and going, yeah. hey, I'd like to get a board. I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. Can you yeah, make yeah. me a 6.2 or whatever? Yeah. When that's gone, when I'm just – what yeah. do you think that well, does for surf culture? Okay, Um well, that's what I've thought about that, and and now because I still use a machine, I'm still shape. I still my hands on, and every day I shape wherever I am in the world. Um, but I'm also designing as well. So, but now I've heard about this robot, this robot that um, does it, and I've seen it in some Channel Islands once, and um, it's still I got it super close, but you still had to do some minor touches. Yeah, but that could be if it does go that way, it's going to be the board designer. Right. Not so much the board shaper. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be like um, more brand, you know, like a like a Ford mm-hmm. um, or a like a Ford car or a yeah. Chevrolet. They're designing the cars, um, which is the shaper. So yeah. the shape is really – and we're still going to be touching and fixing this because the finest details when you glass it and this and the edges, the shaper, which is the designer, yeah, is still going to be – But I'm saying on. like even like – Hundred years from now, oh, hundred years. There's no friggin' like. Yeah, I don't call you to have you make me my MacBook Pro. Yeah, I just yeah. go to the Apple Store and get a killer one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, what's missing from that is that I don't get to call you. Yeah, I don't get this. I don't get to go. Hey, Dylan, blah, 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 Chopu, last week, well, blah blah blah, and you and I don't get to correspond and have a relationship. And the stories that you tell me about your surf trips and my stories I tell you about my surf trips. All of this part, this fabric, this weave of yep. what it is unique about the surfer shaper relationship is yeah. now gone. Yeah, I, I'm a bit scared of that because well, look, my, that, that's my whole thing, and that's all my customers um, love that. I make myself available to everyone, um, and especially with social media now, it's, I'm so connected with everyone. Um, whether they want to order one, talk about one, need this, I'm going here. And we, I create this relationship with everyone around the world and, and I learn about them and where they are and what they surf and helps me. And that interaction between the surfer and the shaper is critical and that's my whole, that's my whole thing. And, and they, they, they love that too because we, we, and then we work on the future whether they sing. So to, if we lose, I, I don't think that will ever happen. Um, Honestly, even in a hundred years, because somebody's going to make the boards, you know, and that's the most important thing is to be connected to the shaper. Where a lot of the bigger brands can't, don't have that, and I instill that to all my guys or the shops 
Like I'm here, just go. If they want to talk to me, you can, you can, you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, email, phone call, WhatsApp, and, and go, hey, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm 45 now and I'm, I'm not serving as much and I, I just need some more volume. And I'm wearing a 4.3 too, you know. So that's critical, Yeah, I think. For sure. And that have that information to shaper slash designer or yeah. designer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're in a unique place and space yeah. because it's really the last piece of equipment that has this relationship. Exactly, yeah. Cause, and, and it's still, you know, I was stock boards, but I – Focus more on the custom because then have that having that availability to talk to me and, and it's a customized product. Yeah, yeah, and which um, everybody's different. Everybody's body shape's different. Everybody serves different. Yeah. Everybody lives some. So one model, I'm doing so many variations of sizes and um, thicknesses and volumes and colors and glass job. So I think that will always be like that because that's surfboards. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's going to become this generic like pop-outs in China and, and, and then with no brand or some crazy brand yeah. with no shape or designer and, and no interaction. Yeah. I don't think surfboards will ever lose that. Well, I so, hope not. I'm just kind of, yeah. I'm just throwing out this, this real futuristic concept yeah. with no um, sort of subjective. I don't want to put any dogma on it. I just yeah, want yeah. I just want you and I to go, wow, in 200 years when we're yeah. long gone, yeah. it could be yeah. that robotics and artificial intelligence have got to a place where yeah. they can pump out. I can go onto the website or whatever yeah. and tell them I gained 40 pounds and I'm wearing a 4.3 and I need more <laughs> volume. And, you know, so I, I don't know if it can work out. Hi, how hey. are you? Come on Hi. in. This is Summer. Hi, Summer. Yeah. Hi, this is Scott. So, yeah, this is my daughter. She's 16. Yeah. And she's a... Great surf. Yeah, I've seen you. I've seen you surfing online. I've seen she some surfed, photos of she Nazare and um thirteen. Radical. She come to Chopu when I filmed Point Break. Yeah. I was yeah. a stunt man for that movie and she was eleven. So cool. for four weeks, the first four weeks of the movie, she got to hang out that lad and his um daughters were there too. So Yeah, yeah. Got to hang with them and How yeah. was that? And Point then, Break. That was fun. Huh? It was so good, yeah. What an experience oh, that must I have been. I couldn't believe it because Point Break was one of my favorite movies. How did that go down? I mean, give me some I know you've told the story a million times. Yeah, yeah. I've well, done some research on it. Yeah. I um, wanted to stay away from the stuff that you always yeah. tell people, but um, it's interesting, right? The media guy for Billabong, Jonathan Jenkins, um they they found me through him. They looked me up. They they wanted the stunt and they wanted two people in the script. And they needed Bodie and Johnny Utah on the same wave. And it was, they say in the movie, it's off the coast of France, but they wanted the Chopu. Mm-hmm. And then they um, they looked all into it and the Code Red, which is the biggest swell in history there. And the Code Red um, documentary by Billabong was about me and Laurie Towner that mm-hmm. whole day and yeah. what happened. And and um, they seen what, how we wrote it. And it was ironic that I matched uh, Bodie's description in the face mm-hmm. and Laurie Towner matched Johnny Utah. It was the blonde hair and I had the scruff mm-hmm. brown hair. And, and so they, he contacted me. He's like, hey, they want to, they want you as a stuntman for Billabong. I mean, for uh, Point Break. And I was like, get out of here. Are you real? He's like, yeah, you want to do it? I was like, of course, 100%. I'm in. What do I do? And Laurie was like, yeah. So we had to wait for a swell. You know, all the contracts got in and I couldn't kind of believe it was happening until it happened. Yeah. And then I, and it wasn't until like a year later and it happened. They're like, all right, swell's coming. And then um, we get there and this, you know, there's like 300 people working on this film and 
producers and movie stars and this and that. And I'm just like, wow. And then the swell's coming. It was the biggest swell of the year. Are the guys there? Is, is so, and, that, and then we had all Keanu backup stuff. No. No, because this is no, like No, this is the remake. Yeah, so I was supposed to be – I was stoked because Gerard Butler – oh, that's what was supposed to be Bodie. Oh, okay. This isn't Keanu Reeves? No, that's the original one. Oh, okay. This no, is that, so that was made in like late, late, late <laughs> not 80s. not a fan, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, that, the original one was made in the late 80s. Right. Yeah, with Keanu Reeves. Okay, so and, this one's um, got who? Yeah, and this one was made. This we, we filmed twenty thirteen. So this is the remake, and it's got who? Who are the sh- uh, actors? Yeah, yeah, so it's supposed to be Jared Butler who done Chasing Mavericks. Right. So I was stoked, but then he pulled out last minute, and it was um, oh, I forget the Aussie guy was a really good actor. Was Johnny Utah and a guy from Venezuela, um, Edgar Ramirez. Oh, I heard of Edgar Ramirez. Hollywood is yeah. a pretty much Hollywood star now. Yeah. He's been in all the big movies yeah. with. Pierce Brosnan and all that. Sure, sure. And he was cool and he was just tripping out. Like he was in the boats and the skis and he was just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like the producers couldn't believe. So anyway, I'll, I'll backtrack. Yeah. So the afternoon before the biggest swell, it was shown super west, as big as it gets, super clean. And then we got our backup. So me and Laurie, the mate, the number one stuntman. And then I had Billy Kemper behind me as my backup and Laurie had um, Bruce Irons. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, Laird Hamilton had to was a vagabond. He was his real name in the movie. Mm-hmm. Was towing Johnny Utah and Ray Marner was towing me, Bodie. And they have this meeting, three hundred people, and they're like, "All right, it's going to be this big." And, and me and Laurie sitting there, and then yeah, they just like we look at each other and they go, "We we'll shut the whole lineup down. No locals allowed to serve. No pros. The lineup is for, for Dylan and Laurie." And we're just gone, <laughs> and it's going to be uh, twenty to forty feet. <laughs> Super, and I'm just looking him down. Holy shit. And then we're just like, oh, we started to get, you know, it's always before the swell yeah. where you kind of get a bit of anxiety. And, oh, for sure. And then the morning come and it was super clean, glassy, and yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But, yeah, some, some heavy so, shit went down and, and, what's and some of the big that... guys didn't want to get out of lineups. So yeah, took I was going to ask you about that. Like, so, and then and some heavy shit went down. And, what was um, going down? Um, so because my tow partner, Manoa, he yeah. didn't get, they employed all the tages, but he didn't get. Asked. Asked, but he, yeah. he wanted a bit too much money, they were saying, but I don't know. But he was my good mate. And then there was a bunch of other guys like Anthony Walsh and these crazy big wave charges. They're like, you guys can't kick us out. And I was just like, yeah, oh, man, I'm just like, I'm just doing mine. You talk to them. Huh. and But at this time, um, they're trying to clear the lineup for us. Who's trying to clear it? Pardo and those guys? Ramana and oh, Ramana, mainly Ramana. Because I know there's there's a little bit of politics even within the Indonesian so crew. There's yeah, there's so teams. much politics, and I was just like, I was just kind of in the middle of everything, yeah. and, and um, I just want to do my job. Yeah. And uh, when you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 
2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's LinkedInjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. But so Laird started telling Laurie, but I was with Ramana, but Ramana was bringing the papers from the government, going, we're allowed to shut the line up down to these guys. So I'm on the back of his sled going, it's popping. Come on, let's just go. Like, let him surf. Yeah. Just let him surf. Let's go. But Laurie got, he got two crazy ones. Yeah. Amazing. He was just like, ah, blah, blah, blah. hurry up. Come, Raymond. Let's go. I want to do it. Let's so you're frothing. I, 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 I want to get the jitters here. I get my first yeah. one under my belt. So and then as I got back out the back, Laurie went this big Super West one. Led got him. But it was a closeout. And it was so big and thick, and he had the right line speed, but there was no exit. Yeah, it was it was a closeout, yeah. and he he pretty much was going that fast, and it closed out, and he ended up going headfirst into the reef. Oh my god! Yeah, and it was so bad, and I was out the back, didn't know, and then um, I found out after I got my first wave, which was sick when I made that. I was like, oh, I was really low tide and warpy and and west. Really, I was super Western low titles, gnarly. Oh my god! So and then um, they've come back and then Laurie's like, "So what's happened?" And Laird goes, "He's he's fucked. The chopper's coming." I'm like, "Is he right? Is he alive?" Or, yeah, he's alive. He's gonna be fine. He's just like hit his head, and he, he was lucky because he um he got knocked out, but he come to it underwater. He didn't know how long, mm. but he woke up in the lagoon. Mm. And when Laird come to save him, he goes, he goes, am I right? Am I right? Like the, he was in shock. And he goes, no, nah, you're, you're, you're done. Like, oh, and there's just blood. And he lost feeling all his face, half his face. Mm. And luckily they, they chopped him to the hospital and they had like microsurgery on his face. And then um, they had to ring his wife and he just had a baby too. No, no. And, and then I was out the back. I was freaking out. Oh, I was stressing about him. Yeah. But at the same time, I had to do this job. I've, I've got choppers in the air, drones. Boats with cranes. You got people in your ear? Like with I got people in my ear and then we're, we're doing the job. So then I had to refocus and then Bruce comes in as the backup of Johnny Utah and then it was me and Bruce. Hey, a quick interruption in the podcast to tell you about our sponsor, The Board Source, theboardsource.com. High quality used premium surfboards, killer longboards, killer fishes, killer alternative surfboards, and a bunch of high performance boards as well. And new boards, theboardsource.com, updating their website daily. Go check them out, theboardsource.com. And now back to the podcast. So I was lucky. I kind of kept thinking of Laurie for the day, just kind of checking, is he okay? And they're going, he's okay, is he okay? So I was like, sweet. And, and you and Bruce are supposed to be on the same wave together, right? Is yeah, yeah so they, they go, look, we won't ask you to do it, but let's just get singles and we'll warm up. So we're getting single waves. And then I looked at Bruce and I said, let's do it, man. He goes, yeah, man. And like Bruce is like, yeah, man, let's do it. So and how did you determine who was going to be behind so you? So the, the, for the – The directors uh, did that? The, what the – in the script, uh-huh. it, it was Bodie's wave and Johnny Utah drops in. Right. And then I had – Johnny to, Utah's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Bodie's a surfer. And, <laughs> and then um, I had to cross over him and then I got to look – then I, I, I had to look back and go – 
follow my line. That's, in the, sofa, that's in the script. That's in the script. Yeah. And then so I had to get Chopu, but I had to look backwards. I'm going the other way, but I'm looking into the barrel back at Bruce going, follow my line. He's looking at me going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then so, but I was lucky I've surfed Chopu so much from knowing that over the years. I knew my line. Yeah. So I knew I could do it. And then after the first one I'd done it, I mean, this is sweet. I can do it. Like mm-hmm. I can look backwards. I'm going left, but I'm looking into the barrel. Yeah. And I'm just knowing my line. Yeah. Trust. So we done it a bunch and they're all just tripping out. They go, this is it. Oh my God. And then, then I said, they- no, but then this, this was me just dropping in and, and it, cause they go, I don't want you to cross. And, and I was like, okay. So I, I was just in front of, yeah. Him, yeah. he was behind me, and a few times I went a bit too deep, which I just made it, but he got hammered. Yeah, Bruce, yeah, he got hammered. Yeah, and then, but a few we made it, and it was so good. We got so much good footage. But then I said to Bruce, I said, "Let's do the double." And the guys that all run the pretty guys, you want to do it? And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do it." So I, we went. All right, I started uh, way up the reef. He comes straight. I come across the wave, and then this set come. And I was like 100 meters deep, but I just got so much. I said, give me so much speed, Remmer. He went down, let, let go of the rope. He went straight down. And then I come flying across the top on the wave, crossed his wake, and then come down. And then we pulled in. And then I look back and go, follow him on. And he was, he was like, went down. And he's like, you didn't know where I was. And then he's like, see me? He's like, whoa. And then we pulled it off this crazy thing. No, really. And then we all got to the boat. They got the name, just everyone's cheering and, right. and we nailed it. And that was the clip. They didn't think we'd be able to pull it off. Yeah. But we'd done it. Like it was Bodie's way. Johnny had dropped in, yeah. crossed over, looked back, followed my line. Right. And then all this other shit. And then because when you, when you can't kick out, the clothes are like, you can't go so fast. You're going like 70, 80 kilometers an hour. And you got to really get your line in, get your bottom turn, and then you kick out. And I was just going forward diving like 20, 30 feet in the air. And they were like, oh, this is sick. We're going to put this in the movie. So they said, kept doing that. And then all this other stuff, I'd do underwater scenes before it, you know, because then I had to go down and set, because I had to go down and save him. Mm-hmm. So I'd do all these underwater scenes, which was really hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's heaps more to it. But That's cool. Yeah. What an exciting And, and on top of that, um, before it, they asked me to make the, all the boards for the movie. So I made like 30 boards. Okay. I made like, Ten tow boards, five red, which was Bodie's, five blue mm-hmm. for Johnny Utah, and all the paddle boards again. Yeah. There was about um, twelve blue ones and about twelve like paddling for Chopu from from six six two to, to six eight, like my my predator model, you know, the thick get in early. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I was stoked because like Billy Kemper and and all the boys and Bruce and Lowe, they all rode my boards and just loved it. Yeah. So not only I was making the movie. Everyone was riding my boards and I was getting all this feedback. I had five, eight tow boards with five kilos at five, ten. And they were just frothing. They want to keep the boards and the Tahitian backups as well. Yeah. So I had this bonus as being the shaper for the surfboards for the movie and getting feedback from the best guys in the world. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, and man. Pro- and so a great good. payday, I would imagine. Oh, right? it was the like best payday ever. Hollywood yeah. Union scale stunt payday. It was the best day ever, and that's what um, – Now you've got your card, right? You've got your Screen Actors Guild card because of this, I think. Yeah, well, right? I, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I can do stunt – I'm a stuntman for movies, that? but another one hasn't come up. Yeah. But, do you um, have an agent that markets no, you? No, well, I just spoke to – I just come from Rob, Robbie Madison's house, the motocross guy, yeah. and he does a lot of stunt movie. Yeah. So, and he's – I said, man, you're lucky because a lot of movies use in, in motorbike. Yeah. 
um, and it's they're such good gigs. So, but there's, there's not so much surfing movies. So, no. but the producers, I've stayed in one with a guy from LA and and um, the actor, and I said, you know, because I matched the actor, yeah. and I said, if anything comes up, let us know. Then they were stoked, and, and with Laurie and. They they'd like to work with them. So anything comes up for sure, but no movies come up since. So. Yeah, all good. I've kind of been busy anyway. Yeah, I got three kids and and I shape. I got to travel the world shaping. I yeah. I was in uh, I was in Australia last week. Week before I was in Bali. Week before that I was in Portugal. Now yeah. I'm here for a week, and then I go to Australia, Bali. When you go to Australia, where do you go to the Goldie? Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. You're, so you're Gold- still in the JS factory. You got a no, no. I got my own factory. So I got my own factory in Wollongong. Okay, yeah. Where my dad and brother live. Right. And um and then I, I bounce between there and the Gold Coast because family right. they go to school right and they want to base south they live in there for where seven. on the Gold Coast just to, at just right near at Snapper Rocks there. okay yeah, yeah right Greenmount yeah cool okay. Gutter. yeah cool yeah, yeah. yeah base there so it's a good place we were living in Bali yeah um but because of the teenagers we wanted to finish school yeah it was a bit hard with the school yeah um so my wife was like. Let's base back here for a couple of years, but then every second week I go to Bali, yeah, and I do all my boards, have my shops there, and and, um, and I and I, I time it. I go a week before. I go, what's the swell going to look like? Oh, it's a big swell. I'll wait till the week after, yeah, and then I stretch it out, or it's oh, it's a big swell like tomorrow. So I'll go surf the swell, shape, do a week shaping, and then go back to Australia. And that's in Kangu somewhere. Changu, yeah, Changu, Changu, yeah, 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 Changu. And and how's the it seems to me, and maybe please correct me if I'm wrong, but Bali seems friggin' crowded. And I don't mean surfers. I mean just friggin' people. Hey, people. It is. Hey, Summer. It's a bit it of a is. nightmare. It is. Right? So, because the population is so large and it's a third world country and the, it's more so on the roads. Well, that's what but, I mean. But, yeah, the tourists, it's good for me as a business because so many tourists can come and, like, millions and millions from every corner of the earth, they want to come to Bali. Europeans, like, they're... People from Switzerland, Germany, they don't surf, but they'll come to Bali for two months and they'll surf. <clears throat> they love it. Um, it's crazy. I've, I've <clears throat> under the um, – in fact, Jim Banks and I talked about this a little bit, but it seems like the Balinese people have this new sort of fascination with the car. And I don't think uh, that island can handle any more cars. Oh. But this is kind of a status symbol if you're a muckety-muck exactly, in Bali. If you're yeah. Bali. And, and because – before Bali it was all rice fields and trees and beautiful, but now it's just become. I go back every week and there's a new building. Right. So they sell the land and they buy a fancy car. Yeah. So thousands and thousands of these cars are now on the roads and just clog the roads on top of the motorbikes. It's just crazy. And they won't spend the money to fix the roads. Yeah. And it's just a nightmare. It's yeah, like, it seems oh. like it's kind of going the wrong direction. Like, yeah. Is anyone in the government kind of trying to Well, that's what I keep in? saying to the locals. I go, why don't they? You know, they can make this so good. But because um, Bali is Hindu, yeah. a lot of others Muslim, they don't want to do anything to Bali. They're like, ah, leave it. And um, But then the, the Hindu, they've got temples everywhere. Yeah. And they're at like um, single level house height. And they're not allowed to build roads over it. Mm. So I said, why don't they? They're not allowed to because they're not allowed to build anything above their Hindu structures and temples and the, yeah. the shrines. Um, so they're just leaving it. Yeah. And it's just like, it's chaos. Yeah. Um, it's sad because it's such a cool, everyone loves it. Everyone goes there. The food's great. The waves are great. Everything. But it's, it's chaotic. And now Changu, like, because I've been there for now 10 years. Yeah. So I've seen it go from rice fields 
and Warungs to this mecca of hipster cafes and Warungs and fancy like hotels. Echo Beach. That area Echo Beach, yeah. yeah, this big area, Echo Beach and Brawa. Mm. Um, and it's become the scene. Yeah. So no, they come there to surf, but people that don't even surf go there. I know. On holidays. I sometimes wonder if we're <clears throat> imprinting too much Western culture on a really groovy thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it's because of money. It's they they they, they just want the, they need the money, and it's like they want the money, and let's build another one, and, and everyone's opening a business there, expat, and yeah, it's really Westernized. Yeah. But it's kind of cool. Like they've still got little rooms where we can go and eat for two bucks, be the most two dollars, yeah, be the most amazing big plate of fresh food, yeah, like um, yeah, like organic right in Changu, like in Chang- yeah, yeah. yeah, they're everywhere in Bali, yeah, yeah. So there's still it. that, and yeah. I hope they don't get overridden by all these new fancy cafes and restaurants, and because you can spend two dollars for a lunch or a dinner, but you can go spend two hundred. <laughs> At this fancy restaurant. <laughs> I know. And it's the people crazy. are doing it. There's yeah. like there's something for everyone there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, when you go to Portugal in shape, uh, are you at Pucas or something? Um, no, with or? org surfboards. Oh. Um so they might invited me about three years ago, three and a half. And um it was pretty crazy because they invited me and they didn't really know about it. But I was like, my wife my good man goes, you know, you gotta go there and open this door and and, I, and when and then I checked them out, and they done all they sponsor all the Nazare guys, and all the, the charges. And I went, oh, this is perfect because that's my scene. Yeah. And I sponsor Laurie Towner, and that's what I've I ended up becoming a big wave surfer. I went, oh, and then I, I went there and met him. Didn't know him from Bar of Soap. And then the two guys are the best guys at Nazare, paddling and towing. Yeah. And their lead head shape of Rabbit, he's a legend. He's the best shape putting. Just so it, we made this connection and then I started surfing Nazare. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And then I, I, I so I've been I've been learning my boards at Chopu and, and Bali and tow boards, paddle boards. And then I end this into this whole new realm of Nazare, where it's the epicenter now of big wave surfing of paddling, biggest wave of and towing it. What's that wave like when it's three to four feet? It's a crazy shore. Is like, it fun? It or depends it on the peaky? sand. No, it's fun. Yeah. It gets good. Yeah. It gets really good. So, and actually, summer surfed it before me. I was out there, but it was like big, a big Nazareth. It was, it was like 10 feet. Yeah. But maybe like 50. Are you guys towing? Towing. Yeah. yeah she was only young. She was yeah. 13. Holy crap. And, um, <laughs> but we put the first on and we had the best guys from Nazareth. We had, uh, three skis. Yeah. And I was on one, the safety one out the back and, and it was late Arvo, and we had to wait for a load of time. There was no one out. Yeah. And there was probably like it was picking up, it was rising swell, it was getting dark, and it was kind of spooky. <laughs> Dad's rescuing. I, I was more scared for, than her. Yeah. But she was – but they were like 20-foot faces. They were still big. Oh, for sure. And um, and then the first one came, and she was just like, oh, froze the rope. My mate was just like, holy shit, she wants it. Yeah. And she was like, whoa. But she was on a borrowed tow ball, which is too big for her because she was a lot littler then. Yeah. And we go, oh, it's not that big. We'll just put one life jacket on it. Because yeah. we thought, ah, oh, it's not that big. We should have put two mm-hmm. or the pull cord. Yeah. Because she ended up getting four waves and bombs and she was loving it. She was into it. She's like, well, one more. But it was getting nearly dark. Yeah. And I was feeling there's a guy on the cliff shooting and he got a smaller one. But you see it's still big. She looks tiny. 
but the fog can't, and she couldn't say stop shooting, but this massive one can't. It must have been like a 25-foot face. Mm. She took off and rode it down, hey, and it mowed her down. Mm. She looked up and just, boy, oh, you got the biggest wipe out of your life. Didn't uh, yeah, and I was out the back on the other safety. I was, I was trying to shoot because I knew there was another other camera. And um, there was the, the, the two guys, Antonio was the main guy, and he's the best out there. He's the best driver, Antonio Silva, yeah. who's sponsored by all surfboards. Mm. And, and him and Jao De Macedo. And Sergio was there too, and he's the best ski driver as well in Portugal. He, he, he works with all the crew. Yeah. But I kind of got the thing that she wiped out, and then because I seen him punch, I was like, oh, I seen the next one. I was like, oh, no. So I went over this giant lump, and then there was another one. I'm like, I started really stressing out. You know, but I was just knew Antonio was there. But Antonio couldn't get to her, so she took four on the head, four, and then she lost so much energy. And Antonio, and it was, it was washed. It kind of circle doesn't wash up the beach. It circles it in the shorey. Yeah, and he just went, ah, oh, stuff this, and he went in. And grabbed it by one hand, kept the hand on the throat, picked up left hand yeah, he like a cat, right, like, and then and then just had to punch one, got air and holding her and saved her, nice. and then come and out. Was barely out she was barely she had no energy because he went the, the second one. He said grab, but she had no energy to grab because she got so flogged. He went oh so, and then there was one more. So the fourth, he goes, he had to grab her, mm. and then got out the back, and she was like. But mentally, she was okay. Physically, she was yeah. done. She was like, but everyone was clapping and just going, wow, this was. And how did the message take this? Well, she didn't really know. <laughs> we didn't tell her the full depth. <laughs> is this so, the first time she's going to But then it got dark and I didn't get to surf it because I wanted someone to have it. It wasn't really big. I was like, I wanted big. So, so anyway, <coughs> last year, I, you know, and then I got to surf the slabs and all these other crazy ways and meet all the Portuguese surfers. It was so cool. Last year, the day I get there, I flew from, I went to Australia, shaped boards in Bali, landed there, and, and, and my, um, Eduardo, who owns the, the company of Org Surfboard, he goes, it's going to be 50 to 60, it's going to be a world record day, we're going there. And the team riders are going, Jean, Jean de Macedo and Antonia, and they're like, oh shit, really? So I got off the plane that night, picked up my tow board. All this shit. I was like, I had to get stuff. I was like, oh, I had to borrow. I, I needed pull cords and all this. Mm. Drove to them. Next morning, woke up. It was like, yeah, 50 to 60 feet. Gnarly. And I went from the harbor. got to see the harbor. Went straight out. <laughs> and it was early. And I just went, stuff this. I'm just going to get straight into it. I don't want it. And I got this huge one out the back. It must have been like 60 feet. I'll show you a photo. Yeah. But I didn't quite make it. I just like, I was going so fast. The bumps, I was, it was, it was a whole new world. Yeah, and I, I had to learn, and, and I, I wanted to ride my Chopu one, which was fire. I didn't like him too heavy, yeah. and I rode a quad, and um, and then I got another one, and then I had to wait, and it was huge. And I, so as what, I was going so fast with the chop and the bump, that as I was kind of kicking out, <clears throat> the quads were too small. You need a big thruster there, and my weights were centered, and it wasn't enough. Yeah. And my board skidded out, and then I just got over it, and then there was a set. My mate picked me up, but as he picked me up, he went too fast, and I fell off. I was holding on by one hand on the sled, and I fell off, and I copped like a 50-footer on the head. 
And I was upside down. I got the and biggest pull in my life. So underwater, I pulled. Yeah, you pulled underwater. And I waited a while, and I come up, and then there was another one. And then he come and saved me. But then we spent about half an hour trying to get out, find the board. And then by that time, we spent 30 minutes getting out. I was I couldn't hang on anymore. Yeah. I got out the back, and then I was stuffed. Yeah. So I got two ways that session. And then a week later, we had the, the contest for the uh, Big Wave World Tour. Mm-hmm. And I had the team riders in it, Antonio and Joel. And um, it was so good to watch, the paddling. I, I would have loved to paddle that day. It was the cleanest day ever. Yeah. But then the two days later, it was another 60-foot day, and they were calling World Record Day, and WSL filmed it live. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. But then at that time, I changed my board, put more weights in it, down the tail. I had to put some specific thing, change the thruster, and I went to nine kilos, and then that morning when I was all filmed live and, and first wave, I really felt the difference. Yeah. So as, as a, for me as a shaper and designer, to change my equipment, the toe to ride it and go, oh, that didn't work, and, and then go back to the factory, change the things, put more things, shape new ones, but that wasn't ready. I changed the original one. The ball went amazing. Changed the nine kilos, put weights in certain spots, under my back foot, on the bottom, like all these little things I'd done, changed the thruster, a big thruster, I went so fast, but it was keeping my tail engaged and the fins engaged. And I had so much more control. Yeah. So then I got two sick ones, and then I was like, ah, oh, I got a bit cocky. I was just like, these ones it got windy, and the real thick, heavy ones under the lighthouse. I was like, give me one of them ones, give me one of them ones. And then it was the first way I was saying, I just I was like, give me this one, and go, go, go. And then it come. And it looked so good, but then it kind of backed off. Ooh. And I went, and I was right near the, near the cliff, and I went, ah, I just kicked off naturally. And I looked behind. I didn't know it was the first wave of the set. And then there's these giants coming. He's come to pick me up, but it's, they're so close because of the canyon. There's not like Jaws or Chopu. There's no time. And as he went to pick me up, he looked and went, oh, and left me there. <laughs> and I was just, and I looked, and I had this 60-foot wave, and I was on a tow board. I couldn't paddle. I was like, and I just got over it. And as I get over it, I see the next one. It's bigger. And it's starting to break top to bottom. And I had to, I had no time. I stopped. I went, and like, could you imagine what I was thinking and feeling and seeing? And I was just like, I had to like, and I just went, stop. And I went, oh, that's right. I got these cords. And I went back. I had three. And I got two. But then I couldn't get under, so the thing broke. I'll show you a picture, and it explodes. And it's like, probably I'm more than 60 foot in the air. Explosion, and I'm there. I'm not even underwater. And the thing just mows me. And the, the compression and the power, it was like it didn't knock me out. And then I had the most violent beating, and I was in the worst spot, the worst possible scenario. It was getting filmed live on WSL. Mm. My family were watching it. My friends, everyone was worried, like, look like i was gonna die like i should have nearly what exactly does that flogging feel like? like oh my god the pressure was like um so violent and 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 just trying to rip me apart and i was just trying to i was just trying to relax in this the most violent situation like getting punched up by mike tyson in a, in a dark room and and then just trying to stay calm because i didn't want to lose oxygen i wanted to get up i was you know my family's coming from my mind and and just all them them years of chopu and big, and I knew what to do. I mean, do, are you are you relax? Are you just I, trying I'm, I'm to trying relax? to ragdoll. I'm trying right. to ragdoll, just but I'm trying it. to hold on to this <clears throat> all my vest and my thing because that ripped off. I didn't want to, and I was trying to rip it off. Yeah. I was trying to rip my arms off. Yeah. 
and I was going upside down and somersaults and this way and that way and, and just like the pressure. Like, can you imagine how many tons of pressure water at me? And and it was a two-way hold down. We've blown up. Yeah. And then, and then I thought I was going. And then this this force would just rip me so deep again. And I was like, man, oh no, this is bad. Like, but I just had to compose myself and and stay relaxed. And I go, oh, this thing's going to send me up. <laughs> What were you thinking then, when you first surfaced? When I first surfaced, yeah. I just took the biggest breath. Like, <gasps> was it foamy? And it was foamy too. So I took some water, and it was like, were you coughing? It was like getting born or something, you know? I was just like, I'm alive, like ah, oh, like so. And then I was like, where? But I was facing the cliff and turned around. There was another one, but I got a breath. Yeah. But then I was already blown up and it wasn't as intense as the first one, but I kind of went with it yeah. and relaxed. But then when I come up, I was right under the cliff and the whole cliff is watching me. It's going to film live. Yeah. And I, I wasn't thinking that. I was just, and I was looking at the cliff going, oh no, because I ha- when I happened to Connors, I was on the cliff watching and it kind of pushes towards this rock and this keys can't get you. Yeah. And I was just like, oh no, now I have to deal with this. And I was like, shit. It happened to Ross Clark Jones only like a month before. And I went, oh, that's what he tried to get onto the cliff. So I started thinking, but I had these 30, 40 foot whitewashers coming at me. And I was like, how am I going to do this? And I took another one. I was right. And luckily, Antonio Silva, come in. He just goes, I'm going to save him. He knows I've got kids. He actually saved her. And he come and he got me in the nick of time. And then luckily, he's the, one of the best drivers in the world and flicked it. And he, he said after, he goes, I don't know how you grabbed after what you just went through. Those people got nothing like what happened in summer. Was it like a but grab, it, like life or death for you? It was you? life or death like for you, me. You, you because, was and, death and the guys filmed it. If I didn't get that grab, you're done. I was dead. Yeah. And for me, it was a life or death. And I just focused and grabbed and he got me. And then I felt within a couple of seconds and went across. And, he, and then he just went like this and then just grabbed me and then pulled me up. And I just got him. And I was like this. I was just like. And I was just hugging him, like, holding tight. I was just like, oh, I was just like, I was alive. You know, I couldn't believe I survived that situation. Yeah. And then he got me on the beach and the guys from Ireland with the safety crew and then what the I was just like, well, she didn't watch it live. I didn't really want to tell her because she was, she was really freaking, but all my friends were ringing her yeah. and they're going, has he served? And she was freaking out. Yeah, and I was at school, but I didn't see anything. I knew he didn't die. So. They're no on Facebook. Because it was on Facebook too, live, and and then my friends said to my wife, "He's okay. We can see him. He's on the beach. He's okay." And um, but has this really experience um, changed your your approach? I um, mean, are you yeah, over it? I, I, no, no, no. I was fine. I actually wanted to go back out. <laughs> oh I got God. to the lighthouse, but my board and and then um, my board got washed up, and I was right in the cliff in the zone. And as I walked, I said, "I was saying, all these guys are like, oh my god." Like everyone's freaked out on the. the How old were you? This was just a couple. This of years is last ago. year. Yeah. yeah. So what are you like? like what are you like? 47? 45. 45. 45. So, so when do you on, think it's going to be over for you? Well, because this like, is cause at some point falls a chopu, and I still want to. I still feel like I got more to give, and I still like to ride it, but I am more calculated. Um, a risk, and I'm only doing it places where I'm shaping. If there's a swell. Well, now I'm in India, a big spot. I'm going to surf it. Like I went to yeah. Ulu's outside the bombing, and I surfed. Yeah, that's and a I'm little trying, bit different. Though, but than the Nazare thing is, I had to. 
you got to be very careful there. Super careful. You got to have the best team. You got to be trained. You got to have the best equipment. You got the best board. Um, and is it? A I kind of want to just get one here and there still, right. but I don't want to spend too much time. Yeah. Because if you do too much time out there, that stuff's gonna. But happen. aren't you the type like most of us are that one's never enough? Like That's... once you eat some ice cream, you're gonna eat the whole pint. It kind of is like a chopu and that, but Nazare. I get one or two, and that's enough. Yeah, but so you that, took a huge flogging, and you wanted to go back out. I was fine. Yeah, I was kind of cool. That would seem like a, I was, most of us would go. That's good. I'm good for the day. I was kind of like, well, I've got the worst of it. I'm sweet now. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that was the worst thing that could ever happen yeah. to anyone. Yeah. And like they were saying, this is worst case scenario. Yeah, in front of the cliff, or inside, at the face that, but. And I was with Robbie Madison last night, and, and he's doing the same with his motocross. He's like 39 now. And I said, how do you feel? Are you going to keep doing it? He goes, yeah, I, I'm the same. I just keep – I still like I got more to give. Like I still want it. It's in, my, it's in me. Yeah. I have the energy. It's, yeah. what and, are you but doing? my wife doesn't want me to, um, and I don't want to jeopardize that on my kid's life. So I got that, so I'm really careful. So you are toning it down slowly, but surely yes. you see that the dial's being pulled back yes. just a little bit. Yes. We all still want to go surf and yes. get incredible rides. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I only need a little bit to keep that fire yeah. uh, because if I don't, I feel like I feel like I'm going to really want it. So How I'm just getting a little bit here. What's and, the oldest guy that surfs Nazare? Um, well, it might be you. There's a lot to, it might be you. You might be the might oldest be, guy. Man. I don't know. Well, I'm going, well, Ross, Ross I'm going is to, old. Well, I'm going to meet Gary Linden after this interview, well, who, who I shape with. In So he's another shaper for Org. So it's me and Rabbit and yeah. Gary. And Gary's the biggest legend surfer shaper, big wave guy. Yeah, but and he's he not. he battled it, but he's not surfing I'm talking about, I did. Yeah. Yeah, so no shapers have done it. And the guys, are, there's a lot of Brazilians and Portuguese, but they're... How old's Ross Clark Jones? He's my Oh, age. no, sorry, Ross is the oldest. Yeah, he, Ross is like Ross, 54 or, really, 50, yeah. or maybe older. Yeah, Ross is the oldest, yeah. sorry, yeah. But he's not doing it anymore. No, he's doing is it. it. He's is still he? doing it. Fair dinkle. Yeah, yeah, right. he was gonna, he's doing it. Right. He's going for heaps of swells. <laughs> so, and that's well, what I'm like... He's an outlier. He's an anomaly, that but, guy. And, you know, Kelly's on the world tour. He's 47. Yeah, I'm not so, talking about but I'm talking 60 foot Nazare. I'm like, not even talking Chopu. I get that. I think you've got that figured out. I think yeah. you can do that for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Nazare. Nazare, yeah. So, so Ross is still doing it, and he's the best out there. He's yeah. the best. He does the yeah. best lines. Yeah. He's the best. And everyone says he's the best. But, yeah, I have to because... That would be so selfish for something to happen to me for my family. Yeah, because I am the I am the, the support of the family. I'm the worker. I'm the yeah. shaper. Yeah. I'm I'm the one. So yeah. that's why, and that's the most important, and that's so clear in my mind. What are some of the spots that 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 you sort of, from a surgical strike standpoint, from a like wait and see a purple blob on the yeah. map and then go? Yeah. Um. That wave in Bali that you surfed with, um, I think Laurie Mudd. Laurie, yeah, Apocalypse. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, wave. Yeah. Is that? A, I don't. We don't it's, need to know where it is, but yeah, yeah. it's an Indo. People think it's too heavy and it's too hard to find. There's no yeah. boats there, so yeah. 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 Um, is that a wave that you're like surgical strike? Let's go, or did you already get that moment in time and you're kind of over that? Or is that? No, is that one of, like are there four or five places where you're like, you know what? 
it's on. Like right now, in fact, I think Tavru is about to light up. It is. It is. And I constantly – and I love watching it. I, I was lucky. I, my dad was a surfer and he showed me how to read synoptic charts. And I love re- uh, watching it. And, and um, obviously I use like surf lines and all that too. But I love watching the storms and seeing how deep and the fetches go and, the, you know, like getting down to 934 – Hector Pascals and, and the fetch, like the ones for Chopu, the ones for Indo, and now I'm reading the ones for Nazare and now Mavericks, and it's and they spin opposite. And, um, you know, the ones for Apocalypse, it needed a certain big swell and direction and winds. It's really hard to get. Yeah. But I was I fumbled across it in 97. Yeah. I was on a magazine trip, and I was surfing with Drew Courtney, mm. and we're surfing this left in the bay, and I was like, it was like four foot. And then this bombing I could see across the bay, it was like a day foot. Yeah. And I said, what's it? And I, I mean, they dropped me and Drew on these bombies next to pussies in the bay. And then we're looking over at this other right. The, the dinghy dropped us off on the bombie and I paddled these bombies. And then we went, hey, and we got the boat and we said, take us over to this right. And, he, and, and the guy at the time, he goes, oh, yeah, this is a wave. I said, what is it? He goes, oh, it's this crazy wave, but no one wants to serve. And I was like. I pulled up and I just seen this thing just go and I was the first one off the boat and I just froth, got out there. And as I got in position, these ten foot things come and uh, no, sorry, I duck dived the first one. I looked, but I looked left, the thing was just giant. I was like, oh my god, the second one, I got into it, I made it, and I just stood there and it was like ten to twelve foot, the most perfect, but I had this foam on it. From that first one, and then it got bigger and heavier, and I was standing and I wrote it for like, and then I went, I didn't know, I just kept going and going. Then that death section, yeah, and I thought, oh, we could make this, but it was all foamy and it was like 12 foot and just throwing, like, it felt like I was throwing this room, and then it just blew me up into pieces, yeah. But the adrenaline, and I kind of come up and it didn't hurt me, and all the guys on the boat were like, holy shit. Just witness, they got it on camera, and then Drew come out, and it was my brother on my trip, my best mates, and they all come out, and it was kind of heavy for them. Yeah, and they all kind of got a few, and then went in. But me and Drew stayed out just all day. Was it, is that where you sort of felt out the, the concept of look, we've got a doggy door this end section? Yeah. That's oh, that safe. day I was I was making some kicking out, some I was just trying to go through. One, the one that was one of the best ways of my life. It was probably like ten to. 15 foot of the most perfect and I rode it and and I I pumped that last bit and it, the shocky come up and I made it yeah. the dev section yeah and I was like this I can I can make so it. was that a thing of swell direction and I, I, and I actually rode a 72 could you believe it I do and yeah. I was really and I was, I was lucky enough because these days I won't take a 72 yeah. I'll, I'll be riding shorter and thicker but yeah. if I didn't have that board and I tell anyone that wants to make that you need a big board and drive mm. through and I'm going so fast yeah but now there's other ones who's like, oh, it's too big, so I doggy door. Yeah. And that seems to be the move, right? That's the move. But that's only if it's Mac Daddy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you, the smaller swells, you can kind of get out of it before that thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's some smaller ones you can kick out, but most of them you doggy door. But if you want to do it and you think you can, and when I took Laurie there, years later, he he done it and made it. That's the that's the video that I think I saw. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Princess Island. And, yeah. and I took him and Dean Bowen. Charge yeah. a goofy footer from my area. Was that McCullough that was in that footage? Yeah, too? McCullough was there too. Yeah. And um, he got. McCullough Jones. McCullough Jones, yeah. yeah. So he's a good friend that lives in Bali. Yeah. And he goes there too. So he, 
he fell in love with it too. So it was me and him that always went and chased it and, and took a friend or because it's too heavy to surf by yourself. Yeah. But that day he got heavy. He got slapped and burst his eardrum. He nearly drowned. We had to come help him oh, to the wow. beach. He was like, and, and I was spewing for him because it was pumping. Oh, that's too bad, yeah. But, um, but the, going back years before that, Timmy Turner and guys from here, a bunch of underground charges from here in California, from Huntington. Yeah. And they come and they, they see my videos and they come out and I was out for the same swell. And they were camping out there. They took goats and, <laughs> and chickens and they were cutting them in front of me little, and camping on the end. We'll give them, they didn't have any boat. We'll give them lifts. And we surfed this swell and it was crazy. And I, I was like, I can't believe you guys are camping out. You guys are crazy. There's Black Panthers and all sorts of. And they camped out there for weeks and they were scoring it. And then we got this, we got this hell swell and I got this same, that day I got this hell one and I, like a, a, a 10 foot log. And I was lucky the wave was so heavy, went over my head in the barrel like debris. Yeah. Heavy. And then Timmy, Timmy got that hell one when he, when he was like kind of doing that layback. Yeah, that little arch. Yeah, there, whatever, so, yeah. And then it become kind of folklore. Like, and yeah. So now it's pretty well known, huh? As pretty as, well known, but it's hard to get. It's hard to find and it's dangerous. In a weird way. You're in the middle of nowhere, man. Yeah. It's dangerous. You know, and in a weird way, it's almost off the radar again. Like it kind of had its moment it's, in the media eye, you know, yeah. like five years ago. Yeah. And now it's kind of like. It's kind of like G-Land was like that. Like they, they had the WSL event. Like G-Land kind of – I mean, I know G-Land's never off the radar, but it kind of was off the radar for a little while. Yeah. And I've, I've heard that the WSL is doing an event there next year. I've just heard that on this trip as well. It's going back to G-Land, which is good in a way, but I heard they're going to build a hotel and put this and that in, but G-Land's so good because it's – that's what G-Land is. It's the jungle in it. I know. That's so, the, so it I goes back of, to that Bali thing. It's like, do we really want to imprint our hegemony on this situation here? Karamas is the best way for the indo and the structure. They should keep the Karamas and keep G-Land well, as gonna, G-Land. They're going to do Karamas. And it's a hype. I think they're going to do Karamas and G-Land. I think so. Yeah, right. I don't know, but I think so. Mm. But I don't know. Anyway. And, and I... But why would they take away Fiji too? Cloud break. That's the best one. Well, uh, Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I heard they're going back to G-Land. But, yeah, Apocalypse, it's, it's too heavy for most surfers. Yeah. It's only the full-on slab charges. Yeah. Um, is the drop hard? Or is it drop just, hard. Is that yeah. the hard? Because it seems like once you're, in, I mean, once you're on the wave, you're just going, I mean, like how hard the, is it? The six-foot days that you can get in, okay, yeah. if you're right, if you're a good paddler and a yeah. slab surfer. Yeah. But the big ones, man, they're hard. There's no easy roll. Oh, there's no. Yeah. No. <laughs> you free fall out of the sky. And you really got to get in early. You got to really scoop it, yeah. have the volume, and then have that low rail. And then, and then once you make that, you set. And yeah. then you either pump or just stand there and just the view. You ride it so deep, but it pushes you, and that's why you can make things you can't even comprehend. It's like a video game. Yeah, unbelievable. Crazy. And it's just long and, and gets bigger, and it's so roomy in there. Yeah, and clean and beautiful. It's just like. Insane. Yeah, but then you're like, oh, here comes the NBA. Am I going to do it? Oh, yeah. Doggy door. Oh. <laughs> There's so much going on. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, man, what just happened? Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've thrown this around to a couple of different guys, this question. And, and because you're a big wave hellman, you're a big wave charger, you're a big wave surfer, you've surfed all the big waves around. Have you surfed Mavericks? No, no. So we just went there on this trip, but oh. it's flat, but I just wanted to see it. Yeah. Yeah, but 
So I'm sponsoring my new team rider is Lucas Jumbo yes. from Brazil. Yes. So he's probably one of the best in the world. Goofy and he's for a, Goofy for yeah. And he's the best out Nazare. Yeah. And he's one of the best and he's only young. So he's my main team rider now. Oh, cool. Around the world. So I'm working tight with him. So I'm not sure. I, I, I wouldn't mind serving on a medium day. Yeah. I don't need to prove myself. No. Um, but I wouldn't mind serving a medium day just to get to know it and feel yeah. it and see it and yeah. learn about my boards and just be out there on a big day to watch Lucas yeah. and be a shaper and just like because he's st- <laughs> something he- tells me, Dylan, you're going to be catching waves. <laughs> You've got that look in your eye. We won't but, tell the missus. But yeah, but my problem is that she likes it now. Oh, she likes got the bug. Yeah, which I'm kind of not. I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, but I'm a bit scared because it's heavy. Where well, but there's a lot going on there, right? Yeah, father, but I said if, if if she wants to do it, I want to make sure she's trained, got the equipment. Yes. and I'm going to be the safety. Yeah, so that's up to her. Yeah, but I'm not pushing it. But if she wants to do it, I'm going to be behind her. Yeah, but I'm going to be there. So it's good, so good for me to be with Lucas, and then I, I shape in in Indo. They all come to Indo, and for all the Nazareth guys, for Antonio and, and Joe, and my Australian guys, and and now Lucas and Laurie Towner, of course. Yeah. So they can travel to the and leave their boards there, and I'm going. I'm going to surf and and shape in these destinations and dial equipment in for each area in the world. Yeah. So it's so good for me to go and surf these ways and make the equipment right for the for them waves. I surf it and go. Oh yeah, you need this. You know, hmm. you need this way. You need this rail. So Mavericks, that's why now this, this trip is my um is my I, I got a distributor here now and selling boards to all the guys in America. Oh, good. Going to come here twice a year. And, Who's that? Uh, Brent Lodger from uh, Santa Cruz mm. and Jason Bulletar. Oh yeah, Brent's been emailing me. Yeah, so yeah. Brent and Jason, um, so they're distributing can... my boards, yeah. and um, maybe through Billabong as well, my sponsor and yeah. Billabong shops. Um, they they're gonna, I'm going to see them, and it'd it's be been good cool. to have you at the boardroom show that we put on every year for all the surfboard manufacturers. I'd be sick. Have yeah. you heard of this? No boardroom show. Yeah, no. I've seen one at the U.S. Open. Yeah, this is uh-huh. a little different. Than yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be cool. Trade yeah, show just for surfboard. Yeah. Members. Um, the question, though, was, was what if the WSL put on a um, or added a big wave event to the CT so that we had a world champion that was well-rounded? Big like, wave? Or, yeah, or, a big wave event yeah, for yeah. the CT. Like we take Jaws and we make it a CT event. Uh, or we okay. take Mavericks and we make it a CT event. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe if it's even... Frankly, it could be why well, well they, they've got Chopu, you know, um, and then you know they had the cloud break, but then they didn't run this well. Exactly, which That's... I was like, I thought they should have ran it. No doubt. Uh, Come on, because they're the best surfers in the world, well, and I at know least, at least like, we were Mick, told they were. Mick and Joel surfed it. They stayed out, and then you know, and they were just like, "Fuck this!" Well, guys were... But they did it, and they can do yeah, it. Yeah, and Pat Gadowski. There was plenty and of Pat. CT guys that were doing it exactly, you know? and I was like, because we were going to go on the swell. I was, we, we were surfing the swell, me and Laurie Towner. And we were like, we, we could go, but we can't go because the contest is on. They're going to run the contest. Yeah. They've never not called the contest off because of a big swell. Yeah. And we all wanted to watch it, but then they called it off. I know. And we were like, oh, we should have won. You know, we were spewing. I bet. Um, but then I was spewing because I thought it would have been so good for surfing to watch the world's best surf that way. I agree. So, yeah. 
What do you think about an, a big wave event on tour? So, so that because my feeling is, look, we've got this Kelly Slater Surf Ranch where yeah, they're yeah. just like this man-made killer machine, super fun wave. Yeah. To even this out, let's yeah. put these guys also in a real situation so we have a well-rounded world champion. I think that would be awesome. I'm, I'm so good that, and that's why I'm going to see Gary because that's his. Baby, the big wave. I've asked Gary this question. He does okay. not agree with okay. me. Okay, so I think it's good to keep it separate, the yeah. same. I think the same. Oh, dude. But I think there should be more. I think there should be because, okay, the World Tour didn't want to do it at Cloud Break. I think Cloud Break should be on the big wave World Tour. And, yeah. and I think it should be separate because most of them guys don't want to do it. Well, that's my point. What kind of world champion, best of the best? Yeah. I mean, I want my world champion to to be able to go paddle out with Dylan Longbottom at Massive Mavericks and handle it. And usually they can. And I would say to you that 15 out of 20 of them can do it. There's a few where you go, hmm, that would be weird if he actually became the CT world champion but couldn't actually surf – why well, well, you're talking a whole different ball game because you're not. They're not. Most yeah, but, of these runners, they're riding their six O real lightweight board, look, and then they got to ride a, a nine foot gun. So you and yeah. I both know that this is what Mark Richards did. This is what Peter exactly. Townsend did. This is what Reno Abelera did. Yes. This is what you did yeah. when you were on the tour. And I'm just saying, true. I don't want to see a world champion come up, some little flyweight that's yeah. just like. He's our world champion, and he can't even like. That's not really my champion. I want. I, I, I want to be able to like go. I, I you know what, John John Florence? I know that guy's going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Gabe Medina, I know that guy's going to charge. Yeah, yeah. You know, and not, like I said, I think eight out yeah. of ten of them will charge it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I fully get that for sure because that's how it was, and that was so cool. That I, that's what I grew up with, and that was my heroes. Heroes, and they were shapers too. Margo would have charged. They not only surfed the small waves at the Coke Classic, the one two foot. They surf me on their guns, but they also made all their guns. Yeah. They made their guns, and that's what we grew up with. Exactly. Oh, but so, but <laughs> going, going back to the separate, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked for us big wave surfers. We actually got a, a mini tour that we can't I know. get on the main tour and that, to get for the dub because I couldn't do it. I wasn't that good of a contest I'm, surfer. But I'm not saying take that away. I'm just saying add one event yeah. to the CT guys. Oh, I get it that you yeah. guys are specialists. Yeah, I yeah. Totally get yeah. It. And um, I'm a fan and I want to yes, watch. So if, if they could still have their thing and, and I want it to grow um, and have more events, like it, I want to have a one at Chopu when it's like um, 10 to 15 when paddle size. Or I want to have a toe comp at Chopu, but yeah. it's only toe size. Yeah. I want to do these new things for the future, but they're specialty events. Yeah. You know, or at the at Chipstones, like we did. I was there at Chipstones the other week. We had done the Red Bull Cape Fair. Yeah. But, you know, we should have done it when it was bigger. Yeah. But, um, I was a little disappointed in that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So I know that you guys are trying hard, but yeah. it was so hard to live up to the first event that yes, they did. The that's first right. event was so yeah. good. Well, they tried to get all the conditions right. They should have just went for the macking swell and didn't worry about the winds. Yeah. You know, they should have just went macking swell and, and do a toe yeah. only because it's too big to paddle. Yeah. And that's what I said to them. I said, if you want to do it, just have it massive and that's what people want to see. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like I look yeah. at everything from an end user standpoint and yeah. that's why the one down in Sydney was insane because yeah, yeah, it yeah. was just everyone was glued to every wave and it was just happening, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. Yeah, the last one. But yeah, so, live and learn. Yeah, so live and learn, and that's what I said. And 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 all the we had a big bit of meeting with all the surfers, and and us guys were working on it. I was on the safety. I was on the ski driver, and um, we said let's just run it when it's big. Don't worry, trying to get the elements right, the wind, the 
the direction. Just make sure it's massive. Yes. Because that's what it is, Cape exactly. Fear. Exactly. And that's what the people want to see. Exactly. It's not a world talk on it. No. So, yeah. So that's going to happen for sure. With a little bit of Cape Sneer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I would love to see a Mavericks or um, BG, like that size. I would love to throw them when it's that big, like the Swirl Lorry surfed last year. Yeah. I would like to see Fiji back on it and just run it when it's massive. And then less, that's going to really sort the crew out. <laughs> and it's going to be probably the most exciting event to watch online. No doubt. Right? For everyone. Yeah. I reckon. <laughs> There's no doubt. Yeah. No. EPS foam versus poly. Okay. Um, I was always poly, poly, poly. But now over the years, and because I still love surfing tiny waves with her and my kids in Australia, we get a lot of small stuff. I'm here. In the middle of summer, I brought all my epoxy. I love it. Yeah. For, for waves, one to four foot, yeah. I cannot – one to three foot, sorry, yeah. or one to four. depends on what style four-foot wave. But I can't beat the speed um, and that extra zing and, yeah. that, and my paddle power yeah. um, epoxy gives me, yeah. okay, and how much extra glass and light. So when you surf one to two-foot waves, you want them light and you've got this extra speed, so light and speed in weak waves – you want to surf better, you get a right epoxy. Yeah. But when the e- waves EPS. EPS. Yeah. yeah. EPS slash epoxy. But then um, when the waves are good, when I really want to engage that rail and carve, um, I can't I love the PU. Yeah. And for the guns. Yeah. And tow boards and all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, the way it flexes, I find the epoxy when I start going when I got a bit of face and going too fast, I can't keep that rail engaged the whole way, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm a bit disappointed. Like I'm loving seeing Kelly surf the epoxy, but and, and I think a lot of people like me, when when he's in his contest, when he gets back on that PU, I just like his his lines a lot better. Yeah. You know, and that's why I like the poly. You know, you yeah, can really like the EPS a, pops out from yeah. whereas there's a dampening effect with the poly where it just will hold the stress. Hold this line. Through, yeah. yeah. So um I love the poly when when the way when there's a bit of face, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But light and fl- the epoxy when it's small, it's light and fluffy, and it feels good. Yeah. But when you want to really get that rail in and draw proper lines and drive, yeah, I think poly is the best for sure. Yeah. How does somebody go about getting a Dylan surfboard? I'm- um, yeah, so DylanSurfboards.com yeah. um, is the best way, or people get me through Instagram, Facebook, but through my um, website is the best. And um, they're available in Portugal, all surfboards. They're available to shops here and online, my Bali surf shops. My brother's surf shop in Australia, um, Quiver in Peru. I shape with them. I go to there every year. Um, Japan, they're everywhere. So, cool. But the best is through my website, dillonsurfboards.com. Yeah. Well, good. Summer, thank you for sitting in on this and being a part of this. <laughs> and Dylan, thanks for being a part of the podcast. No worries. Thank you very much.
Hey, if you like the Boardroom Podcast, we've got plenty more on the backlog that you can listen to and some great episodes coming up. One with Pat Rawson soon. And then uh, we'd also like you to visit our sponsor, theboardsource.com and need essentials for wetsuits, board shorts, and other gear. And if you get a chance, perhaps leave a positive review and or subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. Thank you.